Welcome to Heart of the Enneagram. I'm Chris Copeland. And I'm Sandra Smith. And we invite you to take a courageous and loving look at what is. Of, of depletion and scarcity, um, it, what it does is prevent me from being as, as frank or as forthcoming or as, or as tender as I want to be with Jim, um, because there I am again assessing what's, this, what's the reaction going to be, what am I going to have to give to manage this exchange, aside from just making the statement. Hi, Chris. We're getting into relationship issues with all the types and how exciting this is. It is. And today we're actually going to be exploring the dynamics between types four and five. Ooh, the most contracted type and the most emotionally expressive type. How can this work? We will see. We will find out. That's right. So before we hear from our guest, we invite all of us, uh, including our listeners, to get access to all three centers. We are three-brained creatures. So as we uh, gather ourselves, we invite you to be grounded in your body, open-hearted, and approach the material with a curious mind. Additionally, we invite you to bring forth the little five and the little four within you because we have a little piece of all types. I invite you to take a deep breath with me. The lead center of intelligence for type four is the heart, their heart centers, which means fours are relationship oriented. Um, Their primary motivation is to continue this longing. They love the feeling and the juice of longing. So their motivation is often to continue that longing. The focus of attention, where the the habit of where uh, fours look is what's missing. They're always noticing what's not quite there, what's missing. Uh, The core fear of the four is uh, being deficient or flawed, or another way of saying that too is uh, being abandoned. Both of those are deep fears of the four. Uh, And then the reactivity trigger we talk about for fours is this fear of being ordinary, uh, fear of being sort of plain or ordinary. For type five, this is a type that's in the head triad, the thinking center, where um, folks are information-oriented. The motivation or focus of attention is to detach and observe, and the motivation driving that is to maintain privacy and the resources necessary to be self-reliant. So that detaching and observing scans the environment to see who may demand too much, who might be too needy, because the core fear for type 5 is to be depleted to the point of non-existence. I am drained by the world. Reactivity for this type is to be surprised or to have too many demands unexpectedly placed on them. The strengths for 5 include this calm, steady presence, and five is a non-reactive type. They also are good at connecting dots. They think thoroughly, and they have a dry and quite fun sense of humor that will sneak up on us. 
And for fours, some of the strengths uh, are an emotional sensitivity, uh, very tuned into the emotional, their own emotional life, as well as the lives of those that they're in relationship with, and intensity. Uh, they can be have a sense of idealism and creativity, uh, and also depth and authenticity. Those are real gifts that the fours bring to relationships, and they really value connection and they value relationship. And fours are really attuned to their own needs. That's another one of their gifts. Right. Both of these types are known as withdrawing types. They step back. They like to mull things over. But in the stepping back, of course, what they're thinking about is very different. As I mentioned before, fives are the most reserved type, where fours can be emotionally expressive. So for these types, it's finding the proper amount of contact in a relationship. And in the heart triad, there is a self-rejecting stance. Am I performing and rejecting my authentic self? Who am I if no one is seeing me? How do I know if I'm performing or being authentic? For type five in the thinking triad, the issue is around power, more or less. So fives can give away their power to initiate. They might stay withdrawn, waiting on another to initiate. So we'll learn more about how these issues play out in relationship as we welcome Wade Rogers and Jim Brown. Thanks for being with us, guys. Thank you for Thank having you. us, yeah. Yeah. So Wade and Jim have been together for four and a half years, and they're going to be getting married in April of 2019. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Very Thank exciting. You very much. Yeah. So Wade is a CPA in Asheville, North Carolina, and he works exclusively with not-for-profit organizations so he can avoid all those income tax questions. I think that's really wise on your part, <laughs> right. Wade. Those income tax questions are depleting, right. aren't they? They are. <laughs> Wade grew up in Orlando, Florida, has lived in Chicago, New York, and France prior to moving to Asheville. And you've been here how long? Um, 13 years. Okay. Yep. Welcome. And Jim Brown, we also want to welcome you, Jim, is the Dean of Adult and Graduate Studies and Professor of Education at Mars Hill University, where he's worked for 18 years. Uh, prior to coming to Asheville, he was an elementary and middle school teacher in Catawba and Durham counties. And Jim was a professional actor and singer. It's a good four thing to be. Um, <laughs> and he holds professional degrees in music and theater and currently serves as president of the Southern Appalachian Repertory Theater Board of Directors. That so, is correct. Yes. Yeah. Welcome again. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, playing off one of the last descriptions that Chris and I offered around strengths, um, what would you pull from from that to talk about what works well for the two of you in relationship? I think that um, you know we've 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 talked about this as well as we've kind of explored our our enneagram types and um, the, the strengths that it, it all seems rather obvious but in fact um, it really is the the five with sort of the the compartmentalization the the planning the detail um, and then the four with sort of that big picture uh, ideal that they're they're striving for that that there's quite a bit of strength that we kind of garner by having those two two things playing off of each other. Um, I remember a play, a, a play that you produced or that we attended last, last time at, at uh, SART that it was uh, Pete Seeger talking about the relationship he had with his wife Toshi and he said he had, 
the big ideas and she made sure that they got done. And so I thought that was a really neat way to kind of talk about the way that we, we work as a team. Yeah, that's true. I think, I think I have the vision and the big ideas and I'm constantly thinking about what that's going to look like, how I envision once it's completed, how I, in, I see myself in that space or I see myself with that. And then I come and start talking to you about it and you start talking about the details and when are you going to have time to do all of this <laughs> and how much is this going to cost? And hey, hey, those aren't about... the strengths now. <laughs> well, it's true. <laughs> those are strengths. Those are strengths. It's all perspective there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, and y'all think of an example where this has played out. Last Christmas, we um, Jim's family kind of did an extended family trip to the beach, and we all um, went out there to the Outer Banks for a week at Christmas time. And um, I think that you had sort of an ideal that was there for kind of getting the family together, being in this special place for the holidays, and you know, like with anything, especially when you're planning something with family, it can have wrinkles and details and things that that come up um and i think that this may be an example of that and that jimmy had a, a a really great ideal for this and i maybe brought him back down to earth several times during the experience yeah. and even in planning it um, yeah during the during the trip you know i talked about how i wanted it to look like a certain way and then he brings a reality picture to it for me you know this is and that makes me think okay I need to adjust my thinking. I need to be in the moment, be a little more present with what's happening here, you know, with my family. Just be thankful for what I have right now as opposed to thinking about what it could be like or what it should be like or, you know, in the future. So That's wonderful because, um, you know, I lead with type four as well. And what I hear as you talk about that, Jim, is this our tendency as four is to always be looking for what's not quite there or that ideal, you know, that, and sometimes I call it the fantasy. Yeah. Uh, and but what you talk about is is um, Wade helping bring you back into the present and bring to bring you to a place of gratitude. And I found that if I can be grateful for what is, it, it interrupts that tendency to go to that what, what if, what if, or what's missing. Yeah, that, I think that's exactly right in terms of our relationship. What, he, what Wade brings to me is, is that being in the present moment and being grateful for what we have right now as opposed to what, what I think we could have. Yeah, mm. exactly. I always hate to talk about fives and our restraint and, you know, that everything is very, um, you know, in its place and planned. And, um, but I do think that, um, that, that is a strength that I bring that we've been talking about, but, but his strength is, his strengths are, have been so important to me along the way in that, you know, I, I feel like I'm always using an example, but, you know, a Wade dinner is, a meat and a starch and a vegetable. A Jimmy dinner is four bags from Trader Joe's with every Asian spice and fresh produce. And, and that has... Two bottles of wine. Uh -huh. and completely yes. on a Tuesday. That has completely this brought me out of a place where I was, especially as a single person, had become quite structured. And what he's done is brought out all of this kind of spontaneity and, and helped bring out that side of me. And so that's a big strength that he's brought 
for, for my benefit. And it sounds like he brings abundance. Oh, I mean, awesome. just this abundance he just right. puts on the table. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Great. I want to have a question, um, Jim, for you in terms of it occurs to me. I'm just curious if this is true for you that um, sometimes I've heard fours talk about, you know, they want to live in the ideal and the possibility. And that if somebody asks, like if Wade says, well, how much is that going to cost? And do you have time for that? And what's your energy and all that? Did that sometimes that can feel limiting? That can feel kind of, and then, but sometimes it can also have its own kind of freeing. I, I don't know if that resonates with you at all. Yeah, actually it does. Because um, I think that my initial reaction to that, which is usually something around, you're starting a project right now, and we're supposed to be in the car in 30 minutes going <laughs> somewhere. And I'm like, well, uh, yeah, I've got plenty of time to do this. And then it, I realize, no, actually, I don't have the time. So I, I, I think it's, again, it grounds me. It brings me back to reality. Um, it, it, um, and it, it helps me to think through things um, because... So one of my tendencies, I, I do a lot of crafts, you know, I'm, I like to make things. Mm -hmm. I like, because it's the gratification of, you know, seeing it actually happen. But I probably have, I don't know, 40 unfinished objects, also known as UFOs, all <laughs> over my studio. <laughs> and so, you know, because I'm constantly changing and coming with new things. And I think that's one of the ways in which, you know, he'll say something like, well, are you going to finish that or when is that coming about or mm -hmm. what are you going to do with that? You know, that helps me to go, okay, I need to slow down. I need to think through this. I need to, to look at what I'm doing here. So it's, it's very helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I've also learned to understand that it's not getting it finished. That's necessarily your motivation. That's it's, correct. It's having that, uh, that pursuit and also just that creativity that you're exercising. And so now I know these UFOs aren't, all meant to be finished or meant to be finished this year, that that's just how you're expressing yourself. Right. Um, so that's been a, an eye opener for me that it just doesn't have to be a pair of socks in, in a week. Right, right, yeah. So Wade, what about um, for you, how does um, Jim's, and you know, as a four uh, is in touch with this, has this rich emotional life, how has that been invitational or helpful for you as a five? It's opened me up in a lot of ways. Um, just, you know, being demonstrative, touch, um, saying kind things. I mean, the, the, the big one that everybody just freaks out about is the whole I love you thing, which, you know, a, <laughs> for a four, it just sort of spills right off the, the lips. For a five, it's a little more, it takes a bit more doing to, to say that. And so um, I feel like that's been an a major accomplishment to be become more and more comfortable with that way of speaking and and acting, mm. um, and that's that's a fairly new thing for me. I think for me, one of the things that I've had to learn about that is that um, well, of course, when I do say it to you, you always say it back. That's our that's kind of become our exchange with that. But also that when you don't initiate that with me, I know that you're thinking it anyway because you live in in that world and so I know that I know that you're thinking <laughs> that and not that you don't always have to say it that's so lovely you that's both lovely. have named moments of grace for the other and Jim you just named that you know he loves you and you're not asking for that to be said and Wade just a minute ago you said I realize that these UFOs 
may not be completed, and that's okay too. Mm -hmm. So these moments of acceptance and grace are just uh, spot on to enrich uh, and stabilize relationships. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I heard too, the, when, as you talk about this, it's like, it's, it's almost as if, um, uh, Wade, for you, it's like, you're on my mind. And for Jim, it's like, you're in my heart. You know, there's a sort of, <laughs> yeah. it's, right. the, it's a way of communicating the, or, or sensing or knowing the same thing, but it's a different, different, does that make sense? Does that resonate with you? All? Yeah, absolutely. It does. And there's something that I've, this is very recent and maybe it's because we were talking about doing this podcast and, and, um, and, and thinking about these things more, but I know that for Jim, he gets, he gets almost lost in a project or a task or a pursuit you know, and so he may be gone at the theater or working out in the yard. And, you know, whereas I say, I'm just going to do this for two hours and be finished. He just gets gone with it. And um, I'm learning more and more that doesn't mean he's gone from me. Mm -hmm. It's just that he's lost in that project. Mm -hmm. um, and that I'm more open to the fact that I know he's, he's off. He's in, he's off in his, his place. Um, and I think that's been a, an important realization. And fives tend to thrive with some alone time. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you have you have your space. Yeah, yeah, and that's the the beauty of both of you being withdrawing types. You're pretty good alone, each of you, mm -hmm. and you can offer that to each yeah, other. Absolutely, mm -hmm. you each have your a rich interior world, right, that you can go into. Right. So we talked some about like some of the ways that you work well together and some of the gifts. What about, what are some of the things that trip you up? What are some of the challenges that you've run into in this five, four relationship? Again, going back to that whole longing thing that um, I, I do have this image about how I see us in retirement together, the life that we're living together, this re re retirement. And I really do sometimes get really caught up to that, almost to the point where it becomes geekish in the sense where I know all the, all the parts and pieces, I know the history of it, because context is really important for me. Mm. I like to know not only all of the past that I can uh, about something, but also as I play out that futuristic you know, tying that to the futuristic view, and then all of the things that I can put into that, the, the all of the parts and pieces that I can put into that. So I'll have to talk about the Airstream fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up with Airstream and as a kid and traveling around the country. And so that's something that I want us to have. And I think that this was a, a huge new thing for you. You're like, what? We're going to get into this big silver bullet <laughs> and, uh, you know, camp around the, you know, the United States, Canada, Mexico. I mean, <laughs> what is this? And for me, it's very geekish. I mean, I know all the history about it. I have this longing of of purchasing these and, and I'm on all these websites and Facebook feeds and Instagram sites about Airstream and so I'm but while I'm in I'm just longing for all of that and sometimes I think I get real disconnected from what's going on because he'll say hello hello uh, I'm over here can you put that device down can you put that website away because right. here I am uh, let's this is uh, us time together so I think that's a challenge is my 
getting into that space and then recognizing that I'm not being present with him when I need to be. Mm-hmm. So the fantasy can take over reality. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it definitely is this fantasy and it's, 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 it's becoming mine as well. Um, I think that where I obviously stand back is thinking not only as an accountant, but as a five, I think, <laughs> how is this going to happen? <laughs> but then again, you know, if I didn't have this muse in a way of talking about this, I would never make it happen or help to make it happen. I would just dismiss it. Um, and so what Jimmy's doing is bringing that out of let's figure out how to make this work. Um, so we do talk quite a lot about retirement um, lately, which is odd in your early 50s, but um, maybe it's that time. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, I think it's my reluctance sometimes to engage the conversation because all I can think about is, oh my gosh, what's this going to cost? Are we going to, you know, are we going to be able have to make it through retirement? To do so this. it's where yeah. I become that foil in a way. But it also is a way for us to talk about things that we have in common too, mm-hmm. because um, Wade is an incredible travel planner. I mean, it's a, a, a just the detail, it's just immaculate to, mm-hmm. to see his travel plans and how, and, and I love that because that for me allows me to just experience it. So I'm happy to go wherever he wants me to go, whatever he's planned out, because I know then I can just take in the experience and have this amazing time. So really this whole this whole longing is about something for us to share together because mm-hmm. we both love to travel. We also love the outdoors. We love, you know, camping. We love being in nature. So it's a way for us to bring those things together. What I'm wondering if you were just appreciating is the aesthetic of five. Hmm. We hear a lot about the aesthetic of four, but fives have an aesthetic in the planning, in the crispness of something. Is that what you oh, were speaking to? Absolutely. It is absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. to how um, he plans out a trip. So we recently went to um, London and Paris, and he planned out the entire trip. Um, it was in execution. It was flawless. Yes. I mean, from the moment we left the house to the moment we came home, everything worked I mean, it was like clockwork. It everything, the transportation, the train t- schedule, the Airbnb, everything worked together, and it was it's really beautiful. So I guess as a four, mm-hmm. I see the aesthetic in that, and I really appreciate that. So you can come together there and celebrate that. And as and traveling with a four is pretty fabulous because they say, "Hey, that's really beautiful. Let's go do that," or you know, "Let's, let's mm. have this experience, not just when's the next train." Mm-hmm. So, um, so spontaneity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Jeez, Chris, it's just interesting how these two guys just keep going on about the gifts of I each know, other. We keep trying po- to say, now, how are you tripping? How are you tripping this up? It's just not happening. Well, well let's, let's go back to Wade. So, Wade, how does, your, how does aspects of the five trip you up in this relationship? Where does that come? It, it, it trips me up just the same as it does in any other relationship I have, whether it's at work or with my family. Um, you know, that whole notion, that, that idea of, of depletion and scarcity, um, it, what it does is prevent me from being as, as frank or as forthcoming or as, or as tender as I want to be with Jim um, because there I am again uh, assessing What's the, what's the reaction going to be? What am I going to have to give to manage this exchange? Aside from just, 
making the statement. Um, and so that's, that's probably my biggest, um, uh, just my biggest obstacle, I believe, that, uh, you know, it's just having that, that open dialogue and, and keeping that going. Can I, I wanted to ask a follow-up to that about managing. Talk about, mm -hmm. like, the sense of it, if I say this, then I'm going to have to manage the response. What's the, is there fear in there or concern? There may be. I suppose that with with an intimate relationship, there would be a bit more fear and concern because you don't want to s say the the wrong thing to someone that's going to take you that's going to give the wrong impression in a relationship. I I think that if it weren't Jim, it would be less fear and concern and just more sort of um, apprehension that this person is going to take more more of my time than I'd like to give. Bingo. But with Jim, it's more, where is this going to take us um, in the way we um, relate to one another? Right, right. And some of that is the need for predictability for five mm -hmm. based on fear. Mm -hmm. Where You know, will, will this deplete me? If mm -hmm. I say something and he has a strong emotional response, that can feel a bit chaotic and it's unpredictable. Yeah, and, and I think it, it um, what it does is it, it will um, keep me sometimes from bringing something out. You know, it's funny because often it just boils down to the fact that we're living in the same house and we're basically having roommate issues. Um, and <laughs> yeah. sometimes those little things can lead to a bigger, uh, a bigger issue than if I had just said so in the first place, like when I'm complaining about all the stuff in the fridge that needs to be thrown out, right, Jimmy. <laughs> yes, because I've bought all this produce and he sees it as rotting away in the refrigerator. But it is interesting, but it, it, does, it does feel like those are, the, those are the things that can be our, the obstacles that I present in our relationship is just my withdrawal from the conversation. Wait, I've heard you say on other Enneagram panels in Asheville, when, when one audience member asks you, is it more difficult for you to receive hard information or give it? Mm -hmm. And you remember what you said? It's actually easier to receive it because yes. I can be, I don't have to react or I can be that cool presence and say, mm -hmm. well, that's okay. Let's work through this. The giving of difficult information is is more difficult in that I have no idea what the person across the table is going to do. And how uh, that's going to affect you in terms of energy time that might take you yeah. to right. engage that. That's what right. you were just speaking to. So I think it's just a, a really clear point that for five, it's much easier to, to receive the hard, difficult news than it is to give it because of the need for predictability from mm -hmm. the other. That, mm -hmm. that can't be there. Right. It's illusion. over these four and a half years that you've been together, learned any strategies or practices that help you um, move through those things that trip you up, either in yourself or in the other? Yeah, I think for me, um, I need to listen more and be 
present more um, in the moment, um, and, and especially around you know just just listening um, and and thinking of ways that I can get Wade to say what he needs to say and allow him that time and space and the, the comfort to be able to, to say the difficult things that he maybe needs to say to me because he's got an issue with me and, you know, I'm not doing something or he, he needs me to do something for him, for the house, for, for us. Mm -hmm. And so just, just sort of, um, giving him that time and space to be able to do that, but to, to listen to him. And so... Are there things that remind you to do that, to give you that space or to... Yeah, I think, well, because I, as a four, I am very um, attuned to emotions. I'm constantly reading the room. I'm constantly looking around. So I can tell when there's, when, when there's, there's a certain um, affect mm -hmm. that he gets it's that I hard. know. <laughs> I know that, okay, uh, there's something that he needs to tell me because I need to go do something or I need to fix something or I need to work on something. And so I know that mm -hmm. from him. Mm -hmm. And so I sense that. And so I say to myself, okay, here are the things that you need to do. You need to stop. You need to listen. You need to, you know, put your device down. You need to <laughs> be in the moment and just wait and just give him that space to be able to do that. That's lovely. Yeah. There's something of, of, of surrender that um, I'm learning with Jim is that um, his ideas and plans are, are generally big and flowery and extravagant, and they're generally really great, and they're not foolhardy. I think that maybe that's over time with a person where you, become, you feel more and more comfortable with them, that they're not leading you into a wrong direction, they're just leading you into a different direction. And so I think it's being more open to um, your ideas and how a whole nother way of approaching um, and to also give you that leeway rather than being so structured with everything and, um, and just thinking differently. Um, and I think that's been, that's been a real strategy or something that's helped me a lot in, in um, in moving forward. Are there particular things that support you? Like, do you, you catch yourself, for example, ready to come in with an operational strategy or whatever and go, oh, wait, you know what I mean? Something like that? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, for instance, the other day, and Jim is convinced that we're going to have the yard of the month in our neighborhood, and, <laughs> <laughs> and he's been working a lot on it. It, it's really beautiful. Right <laughs> quite a lot I want to come see it. You do. Come by. But, you know, he gets up and he has big plants and he says, can I borrow your car? I want to go load it up with stuff. And I think, you know, now I'm, you know, go do it because it's, it's going to make you happy. It's going to make me happy because it's going to be beautiful because I know you're doing it. Um, it's not going to be uh, ruinous for us financially. It's just this whole notion of scarcity that I have. And so it's just letting him do his thing. Um, and uh, that, I feel like that was, that was very recent where we had that, I had that revelation in terms of just go to it and it's going to be beautiful. Right. right. Yeah. 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 And fives have this scarcity mentality. I call it scarcity. And <laughs> you've, you've brought up that word several times now, Wade. I'm wondering when you feel it, where you feel it and how you self-soothe and how you move through it. Because here's a guy 
that's about abundance and spontaneity and beauty and yeah, he, he's not into. I'm not hearing scarcity from Jim. No, no, not really. A lot of abundance. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you working with with getting yourself out of scarcity? Well, I don't know if I'll ever leave that city. Um, <laughs> but I, you'll, you'll take that airstream and go, <laughs> that's right. go visit Jim in the land of abundance from time to time. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. No, I think. I, I suppose it's it, like I mentioned. I, I just feel more and more comfortable and confident that your abundance isn't going to ruin me or or us or you know take too much out of us. I think you're always going to be close by, um, and that um, you know you're you're going to be leading us in the right direction, and you're actually going to make my life more beautiful. And so. Um, I think it's learning learning that and recognizing that it's important. It sounds like trust to me. I would say so. Yeah. Um, and it has taken time to, yes. to build that trust as it does with anyone. So what are some things that you uh, each can do or you both can do together to help your relationship flourish more? In other words, what, what's your invitation to grow right now as, a, as a partners, as husbands almost? This is actually one of the areas that when we were looking at the questions that we kind of went, oh, hmm, this is a new area for us in terms of thinking about our relationship and what those next steps are in that relationship. This mm-hmm. is so for me. <clears throat> while you would think that the four, who's always thinking ahead of things, would have figured this out, I really, I'm. This is an the, thinking about this is sort of a growth area for me about how we think about what are those next steps in our relationship. What does that mean in terms of how we together will flourish, you know, throughout the many years? Mm-hmm. So that yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just have to name that out there. This is mm-hmm. this is this is an area for me to think about. Yeah, I appreciate that. But all but at the same time, we we're talking about. I think that we're moving into um, this idea. Of, you know, the the honeymoon's over, and we're going to grow old together. Um, that's and true. So, uh, you know, one thing you have a lot of ideas about how that's going to happen. I mean, you talk about it a lot more than I do, um, and I think that's back to thinking about that ideal. Um, and I, for me, I want to go deeper with that. I feel like I want to have more discussion with Jim about where are we going next, sort of what's, what's that, that plan as the, as the years roll on. Um, because I think we've kind of moved through the first part of things and sort of established trust and housekeeping and uh, and just being together and maybe now moving into that next step of, because I love the dynamic of, of you've got a great idea for what we're going to be doing and um, maybe we start to make it more, more tangible. Maybe that's, yeah, I would, yeah, I agree. I mean, I was thinking, so maybe I've sort of strategically thought about some things, but I haven't really thought about how together we're going to carry that out. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's where I, rely on you to help us together think about how we carry that all out. 
It's the match of the possible and the practical, it sounds mm-hmm. like. Yeah, giving it well, legs. And I wonder, I mean, you guys, uh, this may or may not be true for you, but I wonder, for example, Jim, how much of you growth for you might be to have a little bit more practical that comes up for you and for Wade, for you to have a little bit more possibility that comes up in you. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. It makes absolute sense. Yeah. And I just want us to, I, I mean, I think that, you know, in terms of something, we were talking about this big picture timing, but also I just want to keep working on our ability to, to talk. Mm-hmm. In other words, my growing edge is that I don't want to bring things out sort of in my, you know, banging around the house until I finally bust out with something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that I can be just out there because that's what you you want. It's not going to hurt you. Um, it's much better that we have more um, kind of immediate um, exchange. So that's certainly where I'm wanting to to work. And, and perhaps for me, maybe even thinking about instead of living in this fantasy world um, in my head and thinking about all the possibilities that um, I start, that I talk more and communicate more with you about what I see that looking like, mm. as opposed to always seeing it in my head, but talking with you about it in terms of, well, this, these, here are some possibilities and here's how we might be able to go about that and sort of mm. maybe think a little more strategically around mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And with the trust you two seem to have with yourselves and each other, then courage arises. And um, as you were talking, Wade, I was remembering the old wisdom in relationship that the thing that you fear talking about that will end your relationship, if you don't talk about it, will <laughs> end. end it. Yeah. This and, is right. And yes. that takes courage. And it sounds like you're, you're really moving in that direction and mm-hmm. talking about those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Grand. Thanks to Jim. Yeah. Well, I would, <laughs> well, I would, I would say, say I was well, I would it's a partnership, right? Yes. Each gets 50%. Here. That's yeah. right. true. Okay. Yeah. Well, he draws it out much better. <laughs> and I would say, just to offer this to you, you also are willing to offer it. I mean, he mm-hmm. may draw it out, but you have the ability to choose. Mm-hmm. And you choosing to say, I'm going to offer this, that's your, that's a beautiful thing that you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you think of anything else that you want to bring forward? regarding a 5-4 relationship that may be helpful to others in this relationship? A 5-4 dynamic? Anything else? Well, I, I know that um, because we've met at least one other couple that's a 5-4 dynamic. Um, and they, uh, they expressed, oh, we're a 5-4 relationship. <laughs> oh. And um, I actually see it as uh, a really good uh, combination, uh, uh, the five and the four uh, together. There's, there is a bit of me that is uh, very much a, a five. I mean, in the terms of, uh, I mean, I like looking at the data. I lo- because mm-hmm. I'm a trained social scientist, I look at the data. I like to think about, you know, what the, the, the analysis of that data and, and what that means. So I'm open to that. Um, there, are, there are elements of me that are a five, and I think we've talked about that. There are some things about you that are coming out that you see yourself as a four mm-hmm. in some way. So I think it is a really, I think it's a lovely combination. That's beautiful to hear you say that because oftentimes we do hear, oh, five, four, mm-hmm. but that's one 
one manifestation of it in that couple. And you're offering and demonstrating another way that a five-four couple can live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I think we're extremely complementary. It's I think it's a really good combination. So. Uh, well, absolutely. We, yeah. I wouldn't disagree. <laughs> you recommend it to everyone, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, thank you both. It's been such a delight to be with you and to witness your loving care for each other. Well, thank yeah. you. Thank I would you. say, you know, it, it, my, I'm a heart type, so I, I uh, feel a sense of um, gratitude and, and moved by the way that you care for each other. And I see that in the way you talk about and talk with each other. So thank you for that. Thanks. All right. Thank yeah. you. We're so glad to be here. Yeah. And so closing with a quote from a theology school professor, Luther Smith. I decided to choose this one because Wade's uncle taught at Emory and was my Christian ethics professor. This is uh, a quote that Luther Smith offered at the end of one of his homilies in chapel years ago. And he said, you know, the only place of refuge is another person's heart. You need such a refuge, and so do I. Thank you for witnessing the refuge that you offer each other. Yeah. So with heartfelt gratitude, I'm Chris. And I'm Sandra. And we invite you to continue to look courageously and lovingly at what is. We want to thank all who've made this podcast a reality, including Wake Forest University School of Divinity, for their financial and institutional support. For Sally Ann Morris, who composed our theme music, and for Toby Becker, who provided graphic design. Thanks to Eric Merle for his editing expertise, to Tom and Lynn Berner, who provided recording space, and to the narrative Enneagram and our mentors, Helen Palmer and Dr. David Daniels, its founders. And special thanks to all of our guests. We offer this podcast as a free resource for personal and spiritual growth. And in order to continue this work, we need your support. Please visit our website, heartoftheenneagram.com, to make a contribution and to purchase our companion book. In the days that lie ahead, may your mind be curious, your heart courageous, and your presence compassionate.